This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen, amen. Well, we dealt with some issues this morning. We're going to continue on and finish this so that we can move on to where God has taken us and we well, you don't have to go there because we went there earlier today where we came out of John 17 and we, we, we're we all focusing on maximizing this dispensation that we're in making good the time that we're in we're, we're taking everything that God is telling us and we're putting it where we are right today and we're maximizing it we're making sure that we're doing everything God has called us to do we want to make sure that we don't miss it in this dispensation we want to make sure we understand what a dispensation is. It is a span of time that's defined by God. And He's given it unto you. He's dispensed some time out to you. It's not forever, but it's a, a, a limit amount of time to get something done. And so each and every individual, He has already dispensed out time, a dispensation for each and every one of us. Many of you are in different different parts of your, your dispensation. We understand that the one big dispensation is for your lifetime. But there's many small dispensations within that lifetime. And so the big one is from, from the time you was born to the time you die. But in the midst you're going to have all of them. You, you'll weave in and out of dispensation. And we found out in earlier teachings that there's a way to understand when you've gone into uh, another dispensation. And one of the ways is something in the natural happens. Remember? So you got to remember, you have to, that's why you need to go back and study all of your notes and look over them and make sure you understand them because all of those things are very important. When something in the natural happens, you've already pretty much have gone into another dispensation and it's time for you to, to, to do something different because we never want to enter into another dispensation the same way we entered into the last one. We should have learned something in it. We should have grown. We should have, there's another way to go in it. So we want to maximize it. And the way that we maximize it is doing what God has called us to do. Now we said that in this that God, Jesus, God has given us an assignment. And we have been using Jesus as our example. And we saw that where he completed everything that he came to do. He completed his childhood. He completed himself as a young adult. He did everything God. He stayed focused. Now if you want to complete everything God is telling you to complete, you must be focused. I know you, you want to, you want to say, well, that was Jesus. You could do it. No, no, no. You can do it too if you stay focused. But you gotta, but you always remember you always have an enemy. So you, you gotta understand that. As long as you are breathing and you're on this side and you still have time, you have an enemy. So now I need to make sure that I stay focused because there's many ways that you can get off focus. But if Jesus completed something, so can we. We can complete whatever assignment God has given us. And so we're going to learn that, uh, the different assignments that He has given. I, I'm so excited about our fast coming up because I believe in my heart that the fast is going to, it's going to take everybody fast. 
because it's gonna it's gonna open up. You're gonna open it up like you've never been opened up before. If you're doing it properly, you're gonna find out some things about yourself, your ministry, your calling, where God has taken us. And I believe that when we all do it on one accord and in the oneness, we're gonna all come out with the same thing. We're gonna hear from God. That's supernatural. God can do that for us. He'll give us what we're all on one accord, and we're gonna make that happen because we want to, and we want to do what God has called us to do. And so we're going to take our time and do that. And then when I talk about completion, I told you I'm talking about bringing something into a state of maturity or perfection so that it can continue with excellence. Then I know I've completed something. Oh my God. That I remember when we first was there and now look at it. Oh my God. It's so different now. Oh, it's in perfection. And my God. And then it's going on and it's being developed on. That's called I have finished that and I'm going on to something else. I'm, I've completed that assignment. And then God begins to promote you to another level of productivity because you've completed that assignment. Now it's very rare that people do that because they, don't, they lack maturity. So they can't get to the point where they bring something into maturity and perfection and where to continue in excellence. And then we said that uh, anything that's not continued in excellence was not completed. It was not completed. If, if something that you started or you were in and you got out or whatever, well, in your life it lacked completion. Because you have, any time, that's why getting into different ministries, people just hop in and hop out, and you know, you feel like God is leading you there. But you know what, you got to complete it there, no matter whether you like it or not. No matter whether you got into it with someone or not, you got to complete it so it can go on with excellence. We got to be more, more mature than that. Then we said that we, the intent of this teaching is that we redeem the time. And that means get good this time. Because we know there's no such thing as borrowed time. That's still in time. We in this ministry don't borrow time. Because that's still in time. You can't buy time. You can't borrow time. You can only steal it. Once time is gone, it's over. There's no such thing. That's still in time. And if you're still in time, you're stealing it from another area that needs that time. So no, no, no. If the, once the time is gone, that's gone. Amen. Time is valuable. I told you I will be teaching on that a lot for the rest of the year. Time is valuable. You've got to treat it as... Time is your most valuable commodity. I'm telling you, it is a resource that's more precious than money. Time. And we waste more of it. And we, um, and we waste it. And it's not yours. It's been dispensed out to you. Now, if you know it's God, then you ought to... Be very careful with your time. That's why you don't owe anybody because that's God's time He gave it. He said, I gave that to you, you slothful servant. And you wasted it. You wasted it on this, that, and Well, I was trying to do this. No, no, no. You didn't do what I told you to do. Wasting time. Time is valuable. Everybody say time is valuable. And then our assignment in this ministry is to restore this generation. It's time for us to restore and get them where they need to be. And I'm telling you, a lot of times they're in so much foolishness. It's just getting them out of the foolishness so they can know how to walk. And that, and that takes time. That takes time. Carnality, getting that out of people, is hard to get rid of. Wrong teaching is hard to get rid of. Wrong thought patterns are hard to get rid of. Trying to convince them the Word of God, not your deal, without them thinking it's you. 
Most people, they, you start teaching and they think it's you talking to them. And I'm like, no, that's because you lack understanding and you lack maturity and you don't hear God. That's because you don't know how to hear the voice of God. You gotta learn how to hear the voice of God. Amen? And then in the earlier teachers we said, where there's no completion, there is no rest. And I told you that's why a lot of you are very, very much so in no rest. That's why you're worried. That's why you, you're all cumbered about with everything. And it's always this going on and that going on. It's always, you're always making painful adjustments all the time because of wrong choices. and one, It's just an ongoing deal. But it's because you have not completed anything. And when you don't complete something, there is no rest. I don't care how you try to get it. And you, in many ways, people try to get rest. But you want... It, it's, and that temporary rest is just like a drug. It's just going to be there for a little bit. But when you come down, the rest still won't be there. But when you completed something, there's a rest. There's a peace all about it. But when it's not, it's just temporary. And you don't want that. And then we said that if you don't complete something, you'll never move, never move to another level of productivity that God wants to take you to. And that's on you. Then I gave you my illumination, and my son loved it, and you ought to loved it too, and you should have got revelation of it too. You have to, I'm telling you, treasure time. You don't owe anyone your time because they want it for their agenda. And when they get through with their agenda, what God has told you to do is going to go unmet. You're not going to do what God do because you're going to give them time. I don't care if they say, I need 15 minutes. I need 20 minutes. Uh, can I meet with you? Notice it's always for their agenda. It's never yours. You don't owe people that time. You have, and when you have responsibilities, and every one of us in here have responsibilities, when you have responsibility, you can't dole your time out to people just doling out, just, okay, let me do this. Oh, okay, you, you give them all of your time. And God said, what about me? What about me? Nobody's interested in what God do. And see, and, and we might think, well, I'm doing it, you know, because, you know, it's God's people and they just need me. Well, they have God. Say, oh no, go, go waste God, go, go to God and waste His time, not mine. Cause see, He's in control of all time, I'm just dispensing some. So if you go to Him yourself, instead of wanting to meet with me, and I keep telling you it's for me, and even the ministers, it's the same thing. You want to meet with them like they're going to tell you something different. If they're telling you something different, I need to know about it. Because we're not telling you anything different. You just, that's wasting time again. Can I just see you? I just want to talk to you. I just want to meet. Why? Everything that, everything that's been said in the pulpit is going to be said in private. Be careful with your time. Don't just, I'm telling you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Because then you're going to have to stand before God one day and God's going to say, you wasted all the... Where's that talent I gave you? Where, where's that time I gave you? What happened? What did you do with that time I gave you? Because you can't even say you put it away because I knew you was a hard task. I said, I didn't want he can say, oh no, you should have you done something with that. I gave you an assignment to do with that time. You lazy, slothful servant. He said, I'll take it away from you and give it to another. Careful with your time. Everybody say, be careful with your time. Look at your neighbor and say, be careful with your time. Very important. Then I told you that there were four things that I gave you that would draw you away from completing something. And, and, and this is where we're going to start back into our, our, I talked about this a little bit. We're going to start our new information right here. 
And and this is this is what we talked about this morning, but it's going to run into it. And I told you the four things that I gave you that will draw you away. I said you're drawn away from completing something when you look at ungodly things, when you listen to ungodly things, when you admire ungodliness, and when we experiment with ungodly things. I'll say them again. Four things. If it will draw you away from completing whatever God is telling you. You're drawn away when you look at ungodly things, listen to ungodly people. Now, I don't know why you would listen to ungodly people, but people do. When we admire ungodliness and we, when we experiment with ungodly things. When you start looking at it, experimenting and getting involved with it, I'm telling you, your focus is going to be off. You're going to, you, you, I'm telling you, you're not going to stay with what God has told you to do. As a matter of fact, you'll forget. You'll forget what the original instructions are. Because I'm all thrown off. And then I said we don't complete when we just reject counsel. And I told you, when I talked about time, people are going to reject it. And I'm telling you, some did this morning already. God already showed me. If it's not what you want to hear, you're rejecting it. Well, that shows you because you're being drawn away. You're being drawn away when you reject counsel. I'm not counseling you with the word of God for my pleasure. But when you reject it, know that you've been drawn away. And there's many ways to reject it. Without just setting up and saying, I don't believe that, I don't want to hear that. Many ways to reject it. Amen? And then we, went, we were going, I told you to go to Nehemiah 2, right? So go to Nehemiah 2. We didn't read it, but uh, let's, let's just rest there for a minute. Cause, and I gave you the, 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 the simple answers. And I told you to complete these, the, the, the end from the beginning. We're going to start here and say, you know what, I've got to see the end. I want to. How do we see the end? How do we complete and make this completion that I see God is showing me? Now, if God haven't showed you the end of what's happening in this ministry, then that's a problem. And then I said we have to see what God desires to accomplish in us for His purpose. In every area of our lives. Because why? It's a dispensation of time in your life. And you have to, and He wants to establish His purpose in your life. I gotta see what you're doing, God. What are you doing? You have to see the completion of what God is telling you to do. You know, you can't stand, keep standing around saying, Oh, wow. Oh, they're saying let's do that. That's going to be hard to do. See, you're just talking yourself out of it. What is the complete? You have to ask God, what are you trying to do in me and through me in the midst so I can see this? Stop saying how hard it looks and like it looks like it's something you can't do. And say, I'm, let, let me tell you, it's a lot of things that look like it's something that you can't do. But that's why you have God. That's why God gives you the task. Because it is something you can't do, but He can do. And if He gave it to you, then you can do it. Now, saying what it is that God is trying to do through me and in me for the benefit of others is going to benefit you. And I said, when God speaks, you must take time to see. And you got to take that time out. That's where we left off. you got to take time to see. You can't just hear the word like you're hearing it and run off. You, After God speaks to your heart, then you have to take time to see what he's saying. God speaks to us. We have to take the time to see. See, you, God said, I want you to see something. When somebody speaks, when I give them the words, I want you to take 
time to see. Most of the time, when the ministers minister, when I minister, whenever the word is going forth, you listen to it, but you don't really take time to see. And that's a requirement. It'll keep you from being drawn away. I gotta see what God is saying. Not just hear. See, you're hearing it now, but you gotta spend some time with God to see what He's saying about what He wants to do in you and through you. And I told you oftentimes that God speaks to us, and you know, and we don't, we don't even try to see. And God is saying, nope, this is what I want. I told you, He didn't bring you here. He didn't tell you to come back tonight just to be here. He told you to come back to here tonight because he said, it's something I want to do in you. And if you're not there, you can't get it. See, people, they just miss church because they want to. And God said, no. And every time, it's the time that you do is going to be when God had something for you. So it's imperative to say, no, I'm pressing in. Because God is doing something in me and through me. Amen. Then... We said, no, I think this is where we start off. When you take time to see what God is trying to do in you and through you for the benefit of others, this is what happens. This is how you know that you've taken time to see it. When you see what God is saying in you, it changes your urgency. See, if you don't have a change of urgency, you haven't seen yet. See, it changes your urgency once you see what God's doing. You're like, ooh. Oh, now I see your urgency change. See, you don't have no urgency. It's still, oh, that was good, that was good. But when you actually see it, oh yes, your urgency changes. When you sit, sit back and you say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. God is trying to change my life. I see it. He said that. God is trying to change my marriage. God is trying to change my children. Because now you're seeing. Now you're getting, oh, it's an urgency about Because I'm seeing something. Oh, you know what? God's trying to fix that area in my life that's been troubling me. I can see it. I heard the word today. I can see what God is doing. Then your urgency changes. Are you following me? Listen. Listen to this statement and write it down. God will give us a vision of the completion. He'll give you a vision of it, of the completion. I said He'll give you a vision of the completion. If you allow Him to. See, He's not just going to automatically, He's going to give it to you if you allow Him to. Listen, write it down. Make a note of this one too. As I obey Him, it will get more clearer. See, you, right now it might seem foggy, whatever he wants to do, and you like, I can't quite get it. But as you obey, every clarity comes. Clarity comes with obedience. Once you obey, it's going to get clearer and clearer. It's sort of like in the scripture where it says those lepers. He said, as they went, they were healed. Where in this deal, as you obey, it's going to become clearer. And clearer and clearer. 
Every time you disobey, you got a fog. You don't know which way to go. You don't know how to go. You don't know what you like. I don't know. And that's what you want to... Can you tell me? Can I meet with you? Can I do it? Because now I'm foggy. Somewhere you disobey Because obedience will make it clearer every time. And every step of the way that he tells you something and you obey, it comes clear. You be like, oh, I see it. And he'll tell you something else. You obey, it becomes clear. Every time you obey... It becomes clearer. So if you have fog, you've been disobedient. If you don't know where God is going in this ministry, in your life, in your marriage, in your children's life, somewhere you've been disobedient and you can't see. Because obedience makes you see clearer. And if God is still dealing with you with the same thing and He haven't given you something else to be obedient with, it's because you're still disobedient in that area. He's not taking you on and on and on like, okay, you disobeyed that, let me give you something else. Yo, you disobeyed that, let me give you something No, no, no. You're going to have to obey before it can come clear. Obedience gives you clarity. Now, I'd write that down. When your obedience comes, clarity. When you are obeying, clarity comes. And there's even more clarity when you obey. More and more. And guess what? After the fast, and even since the transitioning of our founding pastor... He's made it a lot clearer. But you're not ready to hear it yet. You're just not ready to hear it yet. But this is what you need to hear. That you first need to just obey. To just get clarity of just where you are. Are you following me? But the time is coming and it'll, it'll be good. So obedience, with obedience come clarity. You got some instructions. And you, and you know, whenever God gives you instructions... You must obey. And your instruction is just as big as... It's it's big. Anything that relates to God is big. No one person because of any position got a bigger instruction. Let me tell you. God has instructions for the plan for your life. And He wants you to obey. Now I'm going to give you three things that you must have rooted in your life. And you can put, I must have, or I must be, and the number one is, I must be rooted in what I have. What do you mean by that? Write it down. i got to be rooted in what I have. See, one of the problems we can't, why we can't complete, is that we focus on what we don't have. See, that's the problem. you got to, listen again, you have to be rooted in what you have. Stop talking about what you don't have. I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. What do you have? See, if you're going to bring something into completion, you have to start right where you are. So now I ask myself the question, Okay, what do I have instead of what I don't have? I don't have what so-and-so have. I don't have the kind of job that they have. I don't have this that they have. I'm going to... You'll never 
complete anything. You have to always understand that you have to be rooted in what you do have, not what you don't have. You never will. You never will get there. You know, when, you, when you're going on a road trip anywhere, the first thing you do is look and to see, what do I have? What do I have to take to get to the destination? I was talking about Sister Martin and her deal. I'm sure whenever we get ready to go, she goes and looks in her eyes and says, what do I have? Because it's a road trip now. It's somewhere. I gotta see what I have. Not what I don't have. What do I have? Cause then that's gonna tell me something. I have, you have something. Now it might not be what you want, but you have something. And God is saying, stop talking about and looking at what you don't have. Because if you're going to take a road trip, you, let me tell you, if you're going to take a road, road trip and you got to use a car, guess what? It would be nice to rent a Lamborghini or just, you know, a Rolls Royce. But you know what? God's not going to use you in that 20-year-old Honda you have. God say, go in that. See, you have something. But that's not what you want to do. And God said, no, you have it. I'm going to deal with you right there. But we want to do it another way. Well, if he gave me this, I can do this. If he gave me that, if I had this, God said, no, I'm going to work with just what you have. God said, I'm going to work with that, what you have. And I don't care, I don't care if it's a pinto. Some of y'all don't even know what a pinto is. But anyway, God said, I'll meet you right there. You don't need anything else but right there. God said, look at what you have. Oftentimes we don't complete because we don't think that we have what we need. You don't think, right now some of you can't see the end of this ministry and where it's going. Because, see, right now at the start of it, you can't see it. So you'll be like, oh, we can't do that. That's for a bigger church. See, if I, tell, if I told you... God has saved this ministry to go worldwide. You can't see it. You can't see it. Because all you can see is just Round Rock right here. That's all you can see. And God is saying, no, I want you to be able to see some things. But so we don't complete because we, we don't, we think we don't have what we need. We can't do that. We can't do it. We can't go to Africa. Actually, Africa can come to us now. They blowing it out in the word over there. Listen, write this down. If God gives you instructions, you already have what you need. God will never give you instructions and you can't do it. So if God has given you some instructions, whether you can see it or not, you have what you need. God will never give you instructions and you're not able to carry it out. If God gives me instructions, I have what I need. But you just have to see it. See, you can't see it so you can't believe it. You just have to see it. God's never going to give you instructions without what you need. You already have the, 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 uh, the things prepared to accomplish whatever he's telling you. Always. 
He said, if I gave you that instruction to do, you can accomplish. If he said we can, that the, the, the um, young adults in here can rise up to call, we can arise and build and we can blow this side of Texas out, we can do it. He said, it's right here. See, we're waiting for the chairs to get filled. That's not when it's going to happen. God said, no, you need to see that now. You need to see it working right now while the chairs are not full. you got to see it. But oh, disobedience won't let you see it. Disobedience won't let you see that. Now, Nehemiah chapter 2. Let's, 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 let's deal with this and see what God says about it. Nehemiah chapter 2. Are you in Nehemiah chapter 2? Beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes, the king, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine. This is, this is them I'm talking about. I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Now again, he was the, he was the cupbearer. He said, I took up the wine because he always had to drink before the king because if it's poison, then my got to die, not the king. So he said, I took up the wine and then I, and it was okay, I lived so the king could drink it. Verse 2, wherefore the king said unto me, why is thy countenance sad? Seeing that thou, you don't look sick, you know what I mean, you, you just look sad. You're not sick. You didn't call in this morning. You're not sick. This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very so afraid because the king could see I, he was troubled. The king said, why are you looking like that? You're not sick. He said, you know what? That's sorrow of heart. He got scared because see, when the king addresses you, because we're not from a kingdom, we don't understand that. Because let me tell you, the king don't sit around and have conversation with the, with the cupbearer. He's working. This is what you need to understand about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a slave. He had no money. He had nothing. See, we never think God's going to use somebody like that. See, in this day and age, the way they teach the gospel, God's only going to use you if you got money and you got the big fine cars and the big fine house. But here, he's a slave. He has no money. He has no stuff. He lives in the palace. He stands right there by the king. All he do is drink the cup. He's not sitting down fellowshipping with the king. So he's scared because the king have turned around and talked to him and said, Why are you looking like that? Oh, God. Because that's not what kingdom... Kings don't talk to servants. Only to tell them what to do. But he said, That looks like sorrow of heart. Because you're not sick. Because I would have known that you were sick. Verse 3. And said the king... Let the king, and, and, and said unto the king, this is Nehemiah said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? When the city, the place of my father's sepulchre, I'm just going to put this word here so we can know if I did it. Where the, where the city, the place of my father's grave, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, for what dost thou make this request? Why are you, so, so what request are you asking me? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, 
that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's graves, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, and the queen also sitting by him, For how long shalt thou journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I told him when I'll return. Basically, that's what he was saying. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the rivers that they may convey me over till I come to Judah. He needed a pass to get across because everything belonged to the king. And you just can't, you know, now we can just take boats and do some of everything. Not here. This is his kingdom. So he said, can you send letters to make sure that I can get past them? Verse 8. And a letter, and a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace which appertain to the house, and for the walls of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Listen. Then I came to the governors beyond the river. And I gave him the king's letter. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. When Sambalat and, Ho- and uh, the Horde Knight and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that thou comes a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Here we go. Now, we know that the book of Nehemiah is Israel being in captivity. And they were here, and, and in the city of Jerusalem was lying in waste. And as a matter of fact, you need to understand, now, he, God began to deal with Nehemiah's heart. The slave. Not the king. God's dealing with Nehemiah's heart to go and rebuild the city. He goes to the king. It's lying in ruin. Now, again, I want to make, that, make it known to you so you understand. Nehemiah is basically a slave. The cupbearer. That's all he does. He has no money. He has no resources. He has no authority. He has no power. So you got to see it. He has nothing to rebuild the city, but God has spoken to him to rebuild it. Now, you tell a slave that has nothing, and God says, go and rebuild the city. Uh, okay. I have nothing. See, that's why God says, don't talk about what you don't have. You got to see it. Now, God wouldn't give him any instructions without God giving him what he needs. And he'll give him the ability to carry out the instructions. I promise you that wherever you are right now, right now in your life, you are not in a worse place than Nehemiah. And God asked him to build a whole city. And God is just asking you to see arise and build. All of you have jobs and you got money. Now, now get this. He was a slave. So he was a cupbearer. That was his job. But he didn't get paid for that. He was a slave. You get paid for nothing. Just thank God you got a little little uh, mattress down there somewhere that you sleep. 
See, we look at Nehemiah like he was some respect. No, he was the slave. Listen to me. I promise you, I promise you, Nehemiah had to see it. As a matter of fact, the king and his kingdom, they were the ones who tore down the whole, the whole, the whole area where he's going. They did it. That's why he was so afraid to come talking to the king about what he tore down. But he said, that's where my father's grave is. And if I found favor in your sight. But I'm going to tell you tonight that Nehemiah has some things that you have right now. Did you hear me? I'm going to show you things that Nehemiah had to make it work that you have right now. To do everything that God has told you to do. And the task that God is telling you to do is not near as big as Nehemiah was. But you have the exact same thing that he had. Are you ready for him? Number one. You have the same thing Nehemiah had. Number one. Nehemiah had the favor of God. The favor of God. Now you have to understand that. Because you don't have the resources. The skill. Or the ability. But you do have the favor of God. (laughs) See, you don't have the resources. See, you don't have the resources to get us land and a building and start putting things up and bringing the crowds in. and do You don't have the resources for that. You don't have the ability to win souls like they're supposed to. It all comes from God. The favor of God. You have that right now. See, when your pastor started this church over 30 years ago... He didn't have it either. All he had was the favor of God. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing. Not many churches start like this. Many churches start from breaking off from another church, more than likely, or they're within the church. But it's very rare that people just start in their house. Pastor didn't have the money. He didn't have the skills. He didn't have the degrees. He didn't have any of those things. But he had the favor of God. You're here because of the favor of God. He didn't have the qualifications. But he had the favor of God. You don't have the qualifications. But you have the favor of God. You have to understand. Listen, when God speaks to you, to your heart... He's already given you favor to do it. So you let nothing interfere with that. Like, I don't care how it looks like it's impossible. If God has placed it in your heart, the favor is there to get it done. He would never place it without the favor. Well, you know why? Because God could have spoken that to someone else. Besides Nehemiah. God could have spoken it to someone else besides us. God doesn't speak something in your life for you to fail and for Him to laugh because you didn't do it. He's never going to do that. 
You don't do it because you get distracted by whatever it is or you think you don't have what it needs. You think you don't possess it. You think it has to be, because we see all the, it has to be one of those kind of churches that God's really going to tell to do that. That's where you missed it. That's your first mistake. Is these empty chairs. Believing that that makes a difference. No, that makes it even more so, God, because God said, when I get through, I want everybody to know it was me. And me alone. My favor. Are you following me? The favor of God is some kind of awesome. If God gave you instruction that came from Him and He wants something done in the earth, His favor is on you. You got His grace. It's on you. You have His attention. See, we don't even know we have... You know what? If you really understood that you really had God's attention, you wouldn't damn this church. But you'd be like, oh my God, I got God's attention. But you don't see it. You don't see it. And because you have His favor, He's already gone before you. See, we can't see that. He'll always go before you and touch the heart of others. That's why the king was just everything. Yes. Yes. Here's the letter. Now get this. Notice. This, get this. Notice. Nehemiah didn't ask him for the men in the army. He gave those. He was like, now you asked for the letter and you asked to go get lumber. Well, how are you going to hold this? Take my men. Take the army with you to carry it for you. He didn't even ask for that. He just gave it. Because the favor of the Lord. Go back and read it. He didn't ask for that. He gave that. The king sent the men and the army. He sent all of that for him. And I like he said, and lumber for the house. Because he's going to be there for a while. That I'm going to go in. And the the king gave him lumber to not only fix the city, build him a house there. And we get excited when these preachers talk about they bought this house and now and they still got a they still got a house note. He gave him lumber to build it and that was it. Everybody say favor is good. I'm telling you, we have to understand about this favor. God is going to, will touch the heart of people, and you'll be like, "Oh my God, there it is." God will open people's heart for you. And you'd be like, I don't even know why they had to say yeah. It's the favor of the Lord. Because, and look, and God is not, because <laughs> this is where people mean, yeah, I'm blessed and highly favored. But it's always something coming to them while they're blessed and highly favored. But this is the Lord's work. He says, we got to build it. When God is blessing you with favor, it's for someone else. We always talk about favor for ourselves. But whatever God is going to do, now you, just like Pastor always would say, now the, the, the grass is going to get wet, the hole, you're going to get some of it, but it's really for the grass. It's really for somebody else. You're going to be in the midst just because you find favor, just because you obeyed. 
just because you simply obeyed. Second thing that you have that Nehemiah had favor with man. So why are you scared? God give you favor with man. See, a lot of times we don't understand that because you you know this is this is why you don't understand favor with men. When you've done wrong so long, there is no favor of God. So when you repent and get right and start walking right with God, you still think the favor is not there. But it is. Because it's when you obey that the favor is there. But you're so used to doing everything wrong or have done things wrong, when it's time for God to give you favor, you can't even recognize it. Because you think, I can't have favor now. I did this, that, this, that. Doesn't matter. If, let me tell you, if God has spoken to your heart, you repented, you right with God, it doesn't matter what you did in the past. God's favor is there. And He'll make you find favor with man. I'm trying to get you to see that. Don't assume that because, you know, you know, once, you know, I, I don't know if God really with me because, you know, I did this and another. That's nothing. Because you did wrong in your... But let me tell you, whenever you're doing wrong, you ain't never have favor. But when you do right, you will. When you do right, you will. So don't just assume because you've done wrong that, you know, you know, I still don't have favor. No, you're going to miss it. Yeah, you don't have favor whenever you do wrong. You always have favor when you do right and you, and you obey God. It's just that simple. There's nothing hard about this. But you've got to see it. But once God sincerely touches your heart, man knows that once he touched your heart, then God, you're going to find favor with God and man. He'll make sure of it. He said, he said, the king saw the good hand of God on me. And he just started giving stuff. I asked for a couple of things and he added a whole army to go with me. Favor. See, we've gone about life the wrong way. And, and I grant you right now, if somebody came in here right now and just put a million dollars down here, just all hundreds, just laid it up around there. And you had a choice. You had a choice between all of that. And I mean seriously, or the favor of God. Most of you in here would pick all of that. And guess what? The favor of God goes way beyond that because the favor will give you unlimited access to resources where you only have that. But because of where we are, everybody mostly in here would choose that. Because where you are in debt, where you are, what you need or what you think you need, everybody be like, oh, that you can't gotta be God. That God, if God said, "There, either take my favor, which you cannot see, or you can take this million and walk away," mostly everybody in here would take the million and say, "I just pray for forgiveness if I'm wrong, but I gotta have that money." Now, I ain't going to even ask you to raise your hand and say who would say the favor of God because I don't want you to add to that. 
Because I already know when God does. And I don't want to get you in trouble because I want you to stay in obedience because I want you to find favor. So I'm telling you what you would do. She don't know what I do. Oh, well, God does. And please don't let them say 500 million. I don't have to work no more for the rest of my life. I don't. Favor goes beyond that. But we've gone about life so wrong we can't see it. And let me tell you, a person like you, you can blow through 500 million. <laughs> see, a person that's not, not controlled in anything, you can blow through it. How? You can. Just like you blow through what you blow through now. You can blow through a hundred, can't you? You're like, heck yeah. You can blow through a thousand. You can blow through five thousand. You can blow through ten thousand. And I'll tell you, you can blow through five hundred. You can. But favor, people don't even have a clue. Don't even have a clue. Because it's something you can't see. But you'll see the effects of it. You'll find favor with God and man once the money is gone. Are you with me? Remember, favor is better than substance. It's better than substance. When you have the favor of God, you have unlimited access to resources. Now, how you have favor with God and can you lack anything? Because I can go to the Father, you gonna, and He's going to, let me tell you, He's going to make it happen to you right on there. Nothing magical. But we can't see it. We can't see it. But when you don't have favor with God, you know all you have is what you come up with to make it work. I've got to make this work. I gotta change this around here. I gotta pull this around here. I gotta, I gotta adjust this here. I gotta adjust it. That's all you have, cause you don't have favor. So all I do is just try to make it work, make it work, make it work. <laughs> See, when you have favor, there's no length in which favor won't go. Ooh, y'all missed it. There's no length when you have favor with God that favor won't go. Nothing you can get in that the favor can't get you out of. He said, King, I got to go. And I can't get across the river. See, when you can get past the king, that favor, and you're a slave. Now, the queen might could have got past him, but you're a slave. You don't even talk to the king. So you got to understand that. Don't act like because he's a cupbearer that he has fellowship with the king. He doesn't. That's why he said, Lord, I was so afraid because now I'm about to speak to the king. You, you, you have to see that. He said, King, i got to go across the river. Can you write me a letter? He did. I can do that. King, I need some lumber. I need, to, I need to fix the city and I need a place to stay while I'm fixing it. I can do that. And, and he's heading out and the whole army start following him. He said, you go with him and haul all that lumber he wants. Favor with man. King is like, yeah, I'm going to do a letter. 
I'm going to give you lumber, and I'm going to give you a way to get it there. Favor with men. And I like what he said. I mean, I could, I could hear the way, what, what the king was saying. The king was saying, you said you need the lumber, you said you need the letter and everything. He said, but how are you going to get all that lumber there? No, I'm going to give you something to get you what you need to do. Not what I want you to do, because he had nothing to do with it. He wasn't worried about fixing up no Israel and Jerusalem and nothing else. He said, but you need something to get done what you need to do. So I'll give it to you to get done what you need to do, not what I need to do. You better get that. He was giving himself to get done what he needed to do. All of that is called favor. The king don't the kings don't give that kind of audience or interest in a slave. But there's no limits to what favor will do. It'll take you before great men. God'll even make them bow to you. But we'll trade it in for money. We'll disobey God and won't even so and disobey try to do our own thing and can't never find favor. And we'll think that because something went through maybe, you know, with your car payment or something, oh that was the favor of God. No, that's just people just made a mistake. God is bigger than a darn car payment. You know, you get little things happening, you relate the favor of God. It's the favor. No, that's just people. God's big. God wants to do the impossible. His favor goes beyond the length of that kind of stuff. Are you with me? So he did all that he said he was going to do. And I love. Now, a third thing that he had, that you have. He had help, and so do you. You have help. But you gotta see help. See, you gotta see help. Because see, a lot of us in here, you, you, you are help, but you don't see it. You don't think that you are help. But you gotta see it. And women, we got to come away from this because, you know, we think that without us, well, if I don't do it, women, you have to see it. And mothers are really like that. Well, if I don't do it, ain't nobody going to do it. I see, you know, you know I just got to do it. I ain't going to wait for them to do it, you know. Mothers and women, you really got help. You don't have to do all that you're doing. You got help. But guess what? If you don't let them help, they'll let you do it. Since that's all you want to do. But you got help. You got help. When you're doing what God wants you to do, He's going to make sure that you do. You have help. Are you following me? I'm telling you, women got it bad. They don't want to see it. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't know. Mm -mm. I'm the only one that can do it. No. 
Now watch this. There are young adults in this church. And there's young adults just period. And you know in your 30s and close to 40s and stuff like that. And you need to understand this. 20 years ago. I'll say 25 years ago. God brought you into my life. I see it. And I understand it. And a lot of you don't understand it. And he brought, me, he brought you into my life a long time ago. And he told me that you were to help us in this. And you were going to help me in this. And you're going to help my son in it too. And you know what? He told me this years ago, but I didn't see it. Because when he told me it, I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to group up a bunch of teenagers and we're going to go and they're going to help me minister and they're going to go out with me and we're going to do stuff together because that's how long ago it was. All the teenagers that was in my life. And God was like, they're going to help you one day. And so I look around and I don't see them here. And God said, Go get your children. And I'm like, and I start thinking about the different names of the ones that grew up here and that was in there. And I was like, God, I remember you saying that, but I didn't know it was this time that you were talking about. And then actually it's from my son's time, but it's right now. But I was thinking, I start thinking of names and everything like that. God said, no, I want you to see this. It's not about names and the ones that was here with names and the ones you know. He said, I'm talking about a generation. It's time for us to get a generation that's going to help you. The gener- it's a generation that's going to help in this arise and build. And it's time to get them. And it's time to get them. That's why we have to see. That's why we have to rise and build. Because they need to be here. See, a lot of times when God tells us something or shows us something, we're thinking one way until He shows you. And you'd be like, oh, I was thinking this, and I'm thinking that, and I'm thinking, yeah, they're not teenagers anymore. He's like, no, because see, I was talking about a whole generation of young adults. Go get those children that's going to help you. See, I'm thinking it's got to be the ones from COLW when they were young and teenagers. God said, I, I, I'm talking about a whole generation that's out there waiting that's going to get the job done. See, it's not until you wait on the Lord that you get clarity and when you obey it becomes clearer and clearer. You think one way and you'd be like, Oh, God. I'm going to show you how God, God does that all the time. Because He has to show you clarity. Have you ever been sitting and you think your life is pretty good? Everything's going okay. Until God speaks. And you say, Oh, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good. See, now clarity comes. See, you might sometimes you think everything is right and I'm, everything's good. I'm walking with God. I'm doing that. And then here comes a message. And you'll be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, you didn't go there. That's God speaking. We've all been there. And that's what God do. God said, well, see, you thought it was that. And then He speaks. Then it becomes clear. And you'll be like, oh. I said, God, I never would have. I, I, couldn't, have, I couldn't have thought of that and, because I'm thinking of all the children that belong here. God said, yeah, they belong here and they should have been here, but that's never what I was talking about. 
I was from the beginning when you thought these children are going to be with me forever. They're going to do that. It was always about a generation. Uh, you might not get that, but I got it, and it's clear. And in everything in your life, it'll be the same thing. Because all of you in here, you are my help. I depend on you being my help. Now, the world might look at you and think, what? That's not even enough to help you. That's not the way God sees it. The world might look at you and say, none of them qualified to be doing nothing. That's not the way God sees it. That's not the way favor sees it. That's the way it was with Nehemiah. Who are these people? Got to get our heads out of the sand and understand what God is doing. But even if people think they're not good enough, you're good enough. If you don't have the qualification, you're a prime candidate. If you don't have the qualification to a rising deal, you're a prime candidate. You don't have the, the, the qualification to be a wall builder, you're a prime candidate. Guess what? I have never had to move a generation from one dispensation to another. Don't have any experience in it, but I have the favor of God. That's all I need. That's all I need. All over the scriptures you'll find people. They, you, you, that when you don't have it. Nehemiah, do you think Nehemiah knew how to build a city? He didn't. God told him to do something. He's like, uh, all I know is that's what God put in my heart. I don't know the first thing about architecture. I don't know about anything. But once God gives you the instructions, He's going to bring favor with man, with Himself. He's going to surround you with people to get it done. So it ain't about if you're able to. I've never, fact, you've never started a church. I don't have any experience in moving one generation to another. And to another place. To a rising bill. But I have the favor of God. So I'm confident. I'm confident. That whatever I can do, He's going to supply in every area. He will supply. I trust Him. Why? Because He's given me instruction. And whenever He gives you instruction, He's going to give you the ability and He's going to give you everything you need to accomplish it. Obedience is key. We don't need no new contractors to come in to do something for us. We don't need new people to come in. Well, thank God for the new people, but we need to be able to help them, not them come in and do what we need to be doing. This is our work. And what we have to do is we have to stop worrying about what we don't have. And what we never, you know, what you never before done. We've got to get away from that. God said, good, you've never before done it. Now I can have all of your attention and show you how to do it. Do you think Noah had already built an ark before? And do you know how big it was? He never built, built an ark. And he had to pitch a tar. And, he had to, and God gave him dimensions. Gave him everything he needed. 
to get it done. The favor of God. So those that are with me, we're going to restore this generation. And we're going to go and we're going to go with the favor of God. We're going to let God lead us and direct us. That's why we're going to fast and pray. So when God leads and directs us, we're not going to be making mistakes. Because God's favor, God is going to, we're going to find favor with God and men. Why? Because we learned how to obey God. That's the only way we can have it. The hand, of whether you see it or not, but I'm going to tell you one thing. The hand of God is good on me. It's good on me. And I know it. I know it. So if I was you, I'd stay close. Guess what? The hand of God is good on my son. Whether you see it or know it. He's fulfilling every promise. And I'm not talking about just on Isaac, on both of my sons. The hand of God is good on them. Because the favor of God. Now whether their father, God give him a chance to see it or not, God is going to fulfill the promise he made to the man of God and to the woman of God. Because favor you shall watch it and you shall see. And you're going to stand in awe. And if you think Isaac is something, just wait till my oldest son get right where he needs to be. His morning days are coming to a close and I see it and I see him moving. And you shall see the hand of the Lord. I told you at the beginning of the year, I told you, we shall be a force to be reckoned with. Why? Because of the favor of God. Nothing in and of ourselves. This ministry, every minister that's up under us shall be a force to be reckoned with. Powerful. And this ministry shall be. It shall arise up out of obscurity. Why? Because of the obedience and the favor of the Lord. Because we know how to fast and pray and seek His faith and follow His lead. We're not doing our own thing. I don't care what any other church is doing. We're going to do what God says. That's for sure. I can see it. Now maybe you can't. And it's okay. As long as I can. But I do need some other people that can see it. To help me complete this work that I'm called to. Because it's just, I just have a span of time for my portion of this assignment. I just have a span of time. And I'm not worried about who's not here, who's left, who came. I could care less. That's a distraction. I can't be involved with any of that. You know, let me tell you, when you get involved with that, you won't have room to complete. I'm talking about completion. So at some point, in some moment in your life, you've got to sit down and see it. You've got to spend time and say, I've got to see this, God. Because this is a part of this that, that belongs to each and every one of us. So you've got to see it. It just doesn't belong to me and my sons. It belongs to you. This is not Sister Hill and uh, uh, Pastor Hill or Isaac, Isaiah. It's not our church. It's our church. And you have to see it. It belongs to each and every one of us. The assignment is for each and every one of us. 
Because God is not asking me to build it by myself. God is not asking you to build it by yourself. God said, I'm bringing you all together. And if you can spend time and see it. He said, my prayer is, Father, open up their eyes and let them see what I've seen. They have to see it. Open up their eyes. Open up their heart. So they can see what, I, what you've already shown me. So that they can be encouraged and they can go on. I'm, look, I'm not going to do all the work. You're not gonna, everybody's going to have their section. And everybody in here have a section to do. We got a lot to do. But you know what? If I think about the task more than the purpose, it will never get done. Because God always gives you a task that seems humanly impossible. And the task that he's shown me, to me, is humanly impossible. But, I don't get caught up with the task. I keep remembering the purpose that keeps me focused. Because if I focus on the task, it's overwhelming. But if I focus on the purpose, it keeps me grounded. Keeps me where I need to be. Because the task is bigger. And God may not ever show you the task. But I know what it takes. And I know it takes, and I know I can't do it by myself. But I know I have the favor of God and I know His hand is good upon me. And knowing that, I know we're going to get it done. I said, knowing that, we're going to get it done. So God has given us instructions. He's not going to have, he don't, He's like, I don't need you trying to go out and doing anything. I'm gonna go, well, let me tell you, when it's time for you to go out, you're going to find favor everywhere you go. But remember, he told us before, but we're not ready yet. We're still in preparation. This fast is going to prove it all out. See, this fast is going to stabilize us and going to take us to another place. Because none of you have really truly fast. Not according to the word, but you're going to this time. And that's going to be a whole different thing. A whole different thing. So that you can do this section of your wall. Are you with me? I know we have young people in here, young adults in here, and I know you love the Lord. You know, you, and, and, I, and I told the Lord, I said, you know what? God said, everything that you once have, you can have. He said, you know, you used to have a lot of young people in here who used to love the Lord. Why come you can't have that back? But they really love the Lord. When my sons them came up, we had a huge youth group, and they loved the Lord. You can have that. We can have that again. Fourth thing we have, we have time. Oh, hurry up. We have time. Let me finish this. Now, when I say we have time, I mean we just have a span of time. It's a dispensation. God has cleared our calendar. We have time, that dispensation. Now this last one is going to sound negative, but it, what you must know that we have the same thing that Nehemiah has. You, we have opposition. You're going to have opposition. <laughs> but this is the thing you should know about opposition. Opposition could only stop you if you give place to it, if you answer it. 
if you give place to it. It can do nothing but stand around. But unless you answer it, then that's a whole other thing. Opposition is nothing. Don't answer it. Don't give place to it. And it'll move on. In other words, don't give opposition the time of day. That's a waste of time. Somebody start talking some foolishness, don't give it the time of day. There's no answer. Once you start answering it, you just give them place. Don't answer. I don't care what they say about your church, what they say about, well, who is the pastor over there? Well, who is the, well, don't give that opposition. You don't answer. They want to know, tell them, come see. That's all you have to do. Come see. I don't have to answer anything else. Trouble for you. Second thing, you must, the second thing that I must establish, I must establish a plan. I must establish a plan. Let me finish this right quick. Oh, gosh. I must establish a plan. I'm going to go through it. <clears throat> and I can hear somebody say, why not the plan first? See, you have to do all this before you get the plan. Why not the plan? If you don't see what you have, you'll never put together a plan. So, see, you got to see it first. See, a lot of times people try to put a plan together without seeing the end. No, no, no. you got to see it first. Then we put together the plan. Because, see, the first thing Nehemiah did was walk around the city, remember? He walked around and he began to look at everything. He had to see everything. Then he makes the plan. you got to see it first to establish the plan. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by God. So what do we have to do? When we make the plan and trust God, He'll order our steps. When we make the plan after we see, then God will order our steps. See, I can see my son ministering. I can see both of my sons ministering. And I can see all of you in here upholding their hands. Not just someone. Now, let me tell you, God will use whoever it will. If it's four or five, God said, you know what, that four or five I'm going to use. That two or three I'm going to use. God ain't waiting on nobody. His way, oh, no, 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 no. I don't care. I told my son, I don't care if it's three. I don't care if it's two people that's there and got your back and, got, and, and, and know and can see what God is taking. That's what you use. The favor of God will be on your life. God don't need a whole bunch. Because everybody have an opportunity to. But the ones that step up is the one God will use. And that's the way you go. And you go with it. And, you, and that's it. Let a, you, you saw them begin to display their gifts and calling. Use it. For the furthering of the kingdom. When they come into the, into the ministry and they're able to bless the lives of others, use them. Because that's God. They're willing to bless the lives of others. Now, I don't know how many steps that God is going to have, have for us to take in order for us to get where we need to be. But it's those that are willing to go. I don't know what, I, you know, I, I don't know what you think on it. But God has a plan for us and He wants to give us that plan. But if you're not focused, you'll never know the plan of God. You'll never know what God is doing in this ministry. It's just here, there, hidden, everywhere. We have to complete the plan based on what we see God's instruction is in the natural and spiritual. See, we got to do both. We got to do natural things and we got to do spiritual things based on what God tells us. 
We got to do them both. One cannot be without the other. Are you with me? Once God speaks to you, and you can see. You know, somebody told me this. They said, you know what, Pastor? When you teach it, we can see it. But it's not until we teach you, you, you teach it. When the ministers teach it, things that you're saying, we can't see it until after you teach it. And then after you teach it, it's like it's always been there. And I get it. Because then you see it. But unless we teach it, you can't see it. So even what we're doing now, unless we teach it, you can't see it. And so, but once you teach it, it be, it's all clear. And it's like, oh. See, like that's always been there. But it's not until you teach it. Got to teach it. We always have to establish our plan based on the original instructions. We don't deviate from that. I found in pastor's original instructions, we stay with that. That's the root. That's the foundation of our ministry. We'll never move away from that. Watch this. God gave instructions to Moses when it was time for Joshua to move the children forward. It was based on the original instructions that God gave Moses. That's how he moved them. See, the foundation was already laid. Different things that he was doing, but it was already there. God gave David some instructions. But when it was time for Solomon to, to step up, it was still based on the original instructions of his father. See, the original instruction never changed. The building does, but the foundation is sure. It does not change. God had given instructions to Nehemiah to build the wall. Listen. He also gave instructions to Ezra to build the temple. Go back and read it. But they all built it on the same original instructions. And so are we. We build. We arise and build based on what we have. We establish a plan based on what we have. Listen, don't ever base a plan on what you don't have. Don't ever try to base a plan on what you don't have. It's on what you do have. That's where the favor of God will come in, and the favor of man. Which is what we currently have right now. The favor of God in the favor of men. And it's going to be demonstrated in this ministry. And I believe after our fast, it's going to be demonstrated even more. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.